great is thy faithfulness. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel a fresh anointing in this place tonight. I feel a fresh anointing on you tonight. Amen. I said, I feel a fresh anointing that has come into this house. Amen. And we must not let that die. We must not allow it to fade out or wane, but we must nurture that. And I believe God is going to do greater things in our midst. Praise God. What a great visitation of the Lord we had this morning. And I am thankful for that. There has been a fire ignited. And it is so good to hear the flames as they begin to roar out of that prayer room. What a difference that makes. If you're not going by the prayer room, you ought to make that a habit. Go through there. Find a place and talk to the Lord. Some mighty things are are happening and I am grateful for that tonight. I want to talk to you for a little while from my heart as your pastor as to where we are right now, what I sense and what I feel uh, as concerning Greater Life Church. I am not interested in just being a radical, wild out of control, bunch of spirit-filled people that talk in tongues and run aisles. I want us to be all that, but I want us to be all that with a divine purpose. I want all of that to be orchestrated, that God would use that to break the hearts of men and move them. I read to our leadership staff the last couple of days the latest studies is that the movement of church growth has been toward spirit-filled type services. People are tired of polish. They're tired of performance. They're looking for power that is demonstrated in such a way that it affects their life and changes them, not just move them. You know, you can go listen to a, a good singer and be moved. But when it's all over with, you're not any different than you were when you first started. But when God moves, God moves for a purpose of getting us into the place where we can be the most useful to Him. And I believe that this church is poised for great things. And I say that humbly tonight. But I do believe that God has put us here and he has divinely orchestrated this place. Now it's important that we understand what God is doing and to know how to flow with that and move with God's operation. Read with me from Isaiah chapter 28 tonight. I will read beginning with verse 23 and I will go down through verse number 28 reading from the King James Version. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 23 says, Give ye ear and hear my voice. Hearken and hear my speech. God has something to say to his people and it's important that they wake up Tune in, pay attention, 
because some important vital information is coming. He said, doth the plowman plow all day to sow? Doth he open and break the clods of his ground? When he hath made plain the face thereof, or he has graded, or he has plowed it, and smoothed it out, doth he not cast abroad the fitches, and scatter the common, and cast in the principal wheat, and the appointed barley and the rye in their place, in their place. For his God, whose God? The farmer's God, the church's God, the people of the Lord, that's who he's talking to. For his God doth instruct him to discretion and doth teach him. For the fitches are not threshed with a threshing instrument. Neither is a cartwheel turned about upon the coming. But the fitches are beaten out with a staff and the coming with a rod. Bread corn is bruised because he will not ever be threshing it nor break it with the wheel of his cart nor bruise it with his horsemen. This also cometh forth from the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counsel and excellent in working. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you as you are seated. I want to talk to you for a little while tonight about understanding the works of the Holy Ghost. Understanding the works of the Holy Ghost. I feel impressed and I feel led of the Lord tonight to speak to you concerning where we are as a church. After service this morning, God began to speak to me and I felt like his purpose in doing that was to sharpen our focus and to make us more ready and more prepared for what he is preparing to pour out in our midst. And in particular, I want to talk to you concerning the visitation of the Lord in our midst. Aren't you thankful that God visits us in this place? Are you thankful tonight that there's a place where there's that kind of liberty for us to enjoy that? Now, I understand that makes some people uncomfortable, but the fact is we should rejoice that God would choose to move in our midst. And I am praying that it will be even more in the days to come, that we will give ourselves as we sang tonight, I am completely yours, Lord, not my will, but whatever your will is, that is what I want to do. We have prayed for this and we have asked the Lord to do these things. But this is one thing that I've learned about the Lord. Sometimes I can ask God for things and he will give them to me though I am not really aware of all that I have asked for. And sometimes it is important for us to stop and talk about it. I feel compelled 
to help us understand better what is going on uh, in the spirit realm and give us perhaps a better understanding of the visitation of God that has been in our midst for the purpose of us responding to it so that it will do its perfect work in our midst. I tell people all the time there is a fine line between the Holy Spirit and the human spirit. And we have both of those operating in our lives. And what I want to do is make sure that I don't move from the Holy Spirit moving me into the human spirit moving me. Because when I stay in His Spirit, powerful things happen. The power and the demonstration of God's Spirit will always follow when we are operating in His Spirit. Sometimes people may wonder why when things are moving as they do sometimes in our midst and things are breaking out, why do you stop that? Why do you not allow it to just erupt and and have its way? There's a reason for that tonight and I want you to understand that. I, I do know that there are times that we just need a blowout service, that we just all get washed and refilled and re-energized. But most of the time when God moves as he moved this morning, it is for a specific purpose and reason. And it's important that we understand that because when we begin to understand that, we don't exploit what God's doing on ourselves. because you do understand as well as I do that when God begins to move like he did this morning, we can make it more about ourselves than about him. I'm feeling so good, I just feel like shouting all over the place and so we shout all over the place. And yet that was only the beginning. That was only God doing that and moving in that way so we could prepare the atmosphere. You say, well, isn't that what we prayed for, a breakthrough? Yes, it is. But breakthroughs are designed to move us somewhere, not to just be wasted in that moment of feeling good and talking in tongues and shouting and rejoicing. When God gives us a breakthrough, it is for the purpose of moving us into a higher dimension or into a deeper depth of His Spirit. So we have to be wise enough to discern what is God up to in this service? What is God's end game in this service that we are in? What is God's purpose for us tonight? Is it just so that we can rejoice and shout and go home and say, man, we had a great service tonight? Or is it so we can do all of that to prepare the atmosphere for God's word to make the difference in the life of individuals? This is what I need you to understand tonight. That it is only said of the word that the word gives life. The word is light. It doesn't say that about talking in tongues. It doesn't say that about demonstrating in the spirit 
although those are all part of the church. But what has to happen is the word come forth because it is the word that gives instruction and interpretation to what God is doing in our midst. And so you're going to see services like this morning when the demonstration of God's spirit is present and we're going to bring it down and we're going to preach the word not because we're trying to stifle what God's doing but because we're going to capitalize on what God has prepared us for. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise right now. Praise God. The Bible says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. That simply means that when God moves, I must know how to operate in that movement of God's spirit. And God has given us the ability to follow him. He has given us the ability to sense And be sensitive to his spirit. And it is essential that as a church poised where we are right now. That we become even more sensitive as God's spirit begins to move. God what are you wanting to do today? Which direction are you wanting to take us? What is it that you want to come out of this service? And when we begin to feel after God like that. We will take the worship that has been up in this place and that has been poured out of our hearts. That worship will become a tool that will lift us up into a higher place where the Spirit of God can do its mighty, majestic work in our spirit. Amen. One of the defining characteristics of God is that He is an active God. He is not complacent. He is not aloof, he is not distant, he is not disconnected. But God is very closely still connected to his creation. And this moving God, this God who moves continually, we are introduced to throughout scripture. And the God that moves in scripture moves in this place. It's not orchestrated. We don't plan this out in the back room and say, you know what, if we sing this song and we hit that note and we make that sound uh, that it'll bring people to their feet, we pray and ask God, what do you want to use tonight as a tool? What way do you want to lead us tonight? What is going to produce the greatest good? And so we feel after him and we are sensitive to him. And I am thankful for a music team and a music leader that makes that the priority of his life. We're not here just to showcase our talent. We are here to usher in a visitation of the Holy Ghost and let God do what he does best. Hallelujah. But listen to me. God does not move without purpose. God doesn't move just to make me feel good. God doesn't move just so I'll have goosebumps or just so I can dance my little jig and go home. When God moves, there is a divine purpose behind that movement. He never moves without a reason. And when you look at scripture, you see over and over again that God does not move without purpose. God's works are not random works, but they are purposed. 
They have design to them. They are not accidental, nor are they incidental, but they are with divine design and purpose. So the question is, when the Spirit of God begins to move, why is He moving and where is He moving us? He gave instructions to His people in the wilderness. I'm going to give you a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. And I just want to give you this instruction. Whenever that cloud moves, you better move with it. And it doesn't ask you if you want to move. And it doesn't ask you when you want to move. But if you want to be in God's divine favor and you want to walk in God's divine will, then wherever that cloud is moving, that's where you better be moving to. And so it is for you and I today. We have to be sensitive. And that's why it's so important to go in a prayer room and spend time in prayer because that's what helped bring us to a closer sensitivity to the Spirit. Hey, I've pastored long enough to know this, that there's enough flesh in this building right now to sink a battleship. Dress it up. Put a smile on it. It's still flesh. And the only thing that keeps my flesh from overriding what God is wanting to do is when I put myself at an altar and I say, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm not here, Lord, for me alone. I'm here to be an instrument in your hands. I'm here to be used of you tonight for you to fulfill your purpose and accomplish your design for this service and this time. Amen. As a leader and as a pastor, it is so important that we have a sense and sensitivity to what God is doing and what He is up to. And we have to be able to discern that. We have to be able to not just squander all of that on us. Because listen to me, church. God is bringing people to us. God is bringing, there are so many people headed this way right now. It would shock you if you could see if God could pull back the curtain. He's not going to give them to us too quickly. And he's not going to over, he's not going to overpower us. But he will give them to us as we are prepared to receive them. But I'm telling you, they're coming. They're coming. And they're damaged and they're hurt. And they're confused. And they have a mixed up view of what church is about. So it's important that we as an apostolic body know how to operate in the spirit. And know how to follow after him. So that God can do his work in their life. So it's important that we learn how to discern what God is doing. And where he is moving. And how he is moving. And why he is moving. And follow after those things. What is God trying to accomplish? What is God wanting to do in this service? There will be times that we will have a runaway. And we'll let it run away. 
because that's what God wants for that night. But those things are going to be the exception, not the rule. I'm here to tell you right now that when there is a power and demonstration of God's Spirit, it is for a specific design and purpose. And it is to bring men and women to a place that they are willing to say yes to Him. You see people are coming in here that have been burnt out on religion and they've seen everything that you can see and they've heard everything that you can hear but something is going to be different when they walk in this house. They're going to come into a place where people are praying and people are feeling after God and saying, Lord, let your will be done in this place and in our lives. Hallelujah. God is moving. God is moving. I believe God is going to move even greater. That's why it's so important that I talk to you tonight like I am. There are channels through which God's Spirit moves, and it's important that we understand this. I learned this early on as an evangelist, that there are channels through which God moves. And there's really only about five of them if you start looking at the different ways that God moves. But there there are about five general ways that God is going to move in any service. And it's important as a minister and as the church that we begin to understand that. That God doesn't move the same way every time. That God has different ways of moving at different times. There's a reason. If you read the book of Deuteronomy, he said he let the little rain fall upon the herb. And he let the heavier rain fall upon the grass. Why? Because the herb could not have handled that heavy a move of rain. But he let the tender dew. He let the tender rain fall upon the herb so it would not destroy it. And so when we come in here, God is not going to move the same way every time we come. But you hear me, God is going to move. And we have to be sensitive enough to understand what is God up to today. Where is he trying to take us this morning? What is God's end goal in this service going to be? And how can we help facilitate God doing that? And this is what I learned in my years of, of ministry. That God moves in these channels. And when you learn to be sensitive and understand that, then when God begins to move, you start asking God, where are you leading us? What kind of service? What is this that you're trying to accomplish? The five ways that you're going to find God moves. One of them is judgment. We don't like to hear that and we don't like to see that. But there are times that God has to ring our bell and re- make us realize you can't keep living like that. And so there are times that God is going to move in a severe way. There are times that God's going to move in a way that will break and humble the hearts of men. And we must be sensitive enough to know that when God is moving like that, the preacher didn't miss it and the singers didn't miss it. That's just God's way of operating that night. And he's doing that for somebody in that building. Amen. The second way is he moves to correct and there's times that I need God just to, t- to take me to the woodshed. I do. And I know some of you do. Maybe not all of you, but some of you do. We need correction. We need God to say, oh, no, 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 no. That's not a good attitude. That's not the right spirit. 
And we need to understand that when God's moving, that God is going to move in one of these ways. He's going to either bring judgment or he's going to bring correction or he's going to bring encouragement. People are discouraged. They're down. They're despondent. And God's spirit is there to lift them up and to make them know they can make it and they can live and they can overcome. And then sometimes God moves to instruct us that this is the way you go. This is the way walk in it. And we must be sensitive that we follow him and then he moves through love. Just the fact that he is God and we're his children. Ever so often he just likes to gather us close to him and just give us a big old hug. That's what I love about God. He's always wanting to give me a hug and we need to learn not to resist the hugs of God. Some of you may be hesitant to do it because of COVID, but don't worry about God. He can't catch COVID and he can't give COVID. He's going to embrace you. Don't be afraid to embrace him when he comes like that amen and so anytime God moves it's going to be in one of these veins and as a child of God it's important maybe this is too heavy for some of you but it's not too heavy for a lot of you you need to understand that God didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost just so you'd be a jabberwocky He didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost just so you'd go around town talking in tongues all day long and every day and shouting, God filled you with his spirit so you would be a light. He gave you what you, he gave you so that you would turn and go out in the world and be a light to somebody else and help them come in to know what you know. Amen. Praise God. And so God is going to move and it's important that we understand that. The ways he moves are dictated by the needs that will be present. And God knows before we do who's going to be in this service. He knew whether you would be here tonight or whether you wouldn't. And so God's going to tailor something to that specific congregation of people. It's what our text tells us. Go back to Isaiah chapter 28 and listen to what the scripture says. The farmer uses wisdom in preparing the soil, how he prepares the soil, when he prepares the soil, and he uses wisdom when it comes to sowing the seed. He doesn't sow all of the seed in one plot. He doesn't sow some seeds in certain areas because he knows they are too vulnerable and they are too weak. And so there are seeds that are planted here and there are seeds that are planted here and there are seeds that are planted here. And the wise farmer is sensitive to understand that God doesn't work the same way every time, but it's up to me to understand that however God chooses to move, I am available for him to move through me. Amen. And so the farmer uses wisdom. He doesn't treat every piece of soil the same way. He uses different methods in preparing the ground. He adapts the several kinds of seed to the service for which they will be used and he sows them accordingly. He discerns and he observes the time so that he does it at the right time 
and he makes sure that they are watered at the right time and that they are harvested at the right season. You see, not every seed is going to be harvested at the same time. And I'm going to tell you how we have killed a lot of good people that have come into our services is that we have not had the discernment to understand that they weren't at the place of harvest yet. They were still in the growing stages. They were still in the coming stages. And we're up here trying to harvest them and we literally destroy them because they're not in the place. We have to be wise enough to discern, God, where are they? Help me understand where they are so I know what to do to help them get where you want them to go. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying tonight? So there's going to be people that are going to come into our services that for you to go up and lay hands on them might be something that would turn them away at that moment. Not that laying hands on them or praying for them is wrong, but it may not be the moment to do that. And we as a church have to be sensitive enough and prayerful enough and walk close enough with God that we can know, we can sense, we can feel God. Is this the time? And if it's not, just pray and praise and worship and allow God to bring that season to pass. Amen. Sometimes we have forced growth. You ever heard of casting an untimely fig? That's a saying. I don't have time to explain it all. But really it just simply means that it's not quite time for the harvest of that, but you're trying to force it off the vine or the tree anyway. And and, And forcing that to happen only destroys the potential that was in it. Now you may be able to nurture it. You know, they tell me they pick bananas green and sometimes when I go to Kroger, I believe them. But they do that for a reason because they have to travel so far to get here. But if you leave them long enough in the right environment, they'll become edible. How many of you have ever tried to eat a green banana? Don't try it. The end result, no pun intended, will not be what you hope for. Some of you didn't even get that. But if you put it in the right environment, and there are ways of speeding that up, you can put it in a sack and seal that sack And you can speed up that, but that's got to be using wisdom to do that. And it's no different when it comes to handling the souls of men. We have to be enough spirit, we have to have enough spiritual presence and discernment that we're not trying to force something to happen when it's not time to happen. What we need to learn to do is to be sensitive to allow God to produce what is available that service and what God is going to bring. They're not always going to come in all at the same time, but they are going to come in and we're not going to be weary. We're going to keep plowing. We're going to keep planning. We're going to keep praying and we're going to keep feeling after God saying, God, how are you going to move tonight? What is it you want me to do? How can I be an instrument in your hand? How can I be most effective? How can you use 
me in the greatest way and in the greatest benefit of your kingdom. Amen. Somebody say praise God. Amen. The farmer, everybody say the farmer. He employs different methods of separating the grain and preparing it for use. Did you notice that he said you don't use the same instrument on the coming as you use on the wheat? Because cumin is tiny, or cumin, however you say that, cumin. Is it cumin? Is that right? All right, I'm getting educated tonight. I won't ever say that again. Cumin. It's little bitty tiny seeds. And you take a hammer to that, you're not going to have anything left. And so they take a light instrument to separate the grain from the chaff. But when it comes to bread corn, bread corn has to be ground. You got to run the wagon over it because it's got a harder husk on it and it takes more to break it down. But even that, you don't keep running over it. So you have to use wisdom. And that's what the Bible is teaching us, that you have to use wisdom. And I'm not inferring that we have not been using. I'm just telling you, this is what we have to understand as we move into this real realm of God's spirit, that the product and the outcome and the harvest is going to be dependent on how we respond to what God is doing. And so every grain has to be treated in a different way. The nature, listen to me, the nature of the grain is what determines how you handle it. Amen. There's some people going to come into our church that all they need is somebody to lay hands on them and just shake their teeth out. Not really, but I mean sometimes that's, but there's other people you do that too and you'll never see them back in this building again. And hey, I got news for you. If the only thing you have in your hammer, everything you see is going to be a nail that needs to be driven in. And you can't build a house with just a hammer. And so we have to know which tool to use. And we have to know when to use it and how to use it. Because we want to be effective, don't we, church? Yeah, we want to be effective. Hey, I'm just telling you right now, this building will not be able to contain what God is going to bring to us if we do the right thing and we operate in the right way and we are sensitive to His Spirit. This building will not be able to contain. It will not hold what God is going to do in our midst if we know how to respond and move and operate in that dimension of his spirit. A heavy sledgehammer is never used to thresh the black cumin because you destroy it. It is beaten with a light stick, the the scripture says. A threshing wheel is never rolled on cumin. Instead, it is beaten lightly with a different kind of rod. But every time... You work with these. You must consider the nature of what you're dealing with. Amen. Be careful. Every seed has a way of being handled and dealt with. And we must be sensitive and wise enough to understand that. Others 
will be ground. They will be beaten, broken, because that's the only thing that will get them to that place of fruition. But we must be wise enough to know what we're dealing with. That's why you better pray. That's why you better be sensitive to God. That's why you better feel after him. Why? Because God is going to move. And he's going to move in a specific way for a specific reason. And it is incumbent upon you and I to know what God is doing. There have been services that I've been in where we had blow away, just run away. But I left there knowing that the will of God was not done. And what had happened is we had taken what God had used to prepare the atmosphere and exploited it on ourselves. And we never got to that place where God really was intending for that to take us. So it's why we have to be sensitive. I'm not telling you we're going to put a damper on it. I'm just telling you we have to be sensitive because what God is producing is an end time harvest and I don't want to lose one grain. I don't want to destroy one soul. I don't want to miss one opportunity. I want to be ready that however God is moving, I want to be ready to welcome them. I want to be ready to help them and I want to be ready to be used of God in whatever way He wants to use me. You see, the Lord is a wonderful teacher if you ask him. And he'll give you wisdom. That's what I used to do every day. I would come into the church and I would say, God, help me to be sensitive. Teach me how to be sensitive to your spirit. And there were times that I did things that were so bizarre. People would think, if they saw me in there, they would think that guy has lost his ever-loving mind. But I wasn't losing my mind. I was just trying to get a message to God. God, I don't care what you want to do. I just want to know. I want to be sensitive enough. And I was praying one day and I just, for whatever reason, I felt like picking up a chair and moving it to the other side of the room. He didn't have anything spiritual to do with it. But I was telling God, God, I am so hungry to follow and be sensitive to you that I'm willing to do that if necessary. If that's what you want me to do, that's what I will do. And as a church, we have to be willing. God, I want you to bless me. I need your blessings. And there's going to be services where you're, you're, you're going to have to have that to make it. But more than that, we have to say, God, beyond just blessing me, what are you trying to produce in this church? Because we want the harvest to be great. Do you want a harvest? Do you want a great harvest in this place? Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. So, so here's what I need you to understand. And I am so thankful for our music team. I'm telling you, church, we are blessed uh, at, at beyond description because there is that hunger. You know what's wonderful? And I, and, and I know that some people would tell you that this is a dumb way to do it, but this is the way we operate. I pray... And I get the mind of God for a service. That man prays and gets the mind of God for how we're going to go and worship. And do you know what? I have not seen it fail. 
that when we come in here, whatever songs are being sung are preparatory to what God has already put in my spirit or that man's spirit. Am I not telling you the truth? There have been service after service after service. We may not have started off on the right note, but somewhere along the line, we keep feeling after God and we keep asking God, come on God, help us know where you want to go. And sure enough, bam, it hits and there we go. And God is able to accomplish a greater work in our life. And so our worship, our worship is not designed to just make us feel good. Our worship is create designed to create an atmosphere where God can do something in our midst. Amen. Worship is preparatory. It ushers in the spirit of God and it brings us to the place where God can speak to us and work. And it happens so powerfully this morning. So powerfully. Folks, you don't even know this. But it broke out before you ever got here. They were talking in tongues and shouting on the platform before anybody ever came in the sanctuary this morning. Amen. I love that. I don't want that to ever go away. I don't want us to, we don't have to produce that. It will follow. Signs will follow them that believe. Not just talking in tongues, but the demonstration of his spirit will follow. It will be in our midst. We will experience it. We will see it. And so our worship and praise is for the purpose of preparing us for that moment that his word can do its work. And that word may be just a a few words or it may be an entire sermon or message. But the whole purpose is for God to accomplish His will in our life. And worship is so powerful. It moves. It soothes. It calms. It heals. It ministers. And all of that is for a reason. All of that. If you read the Old Testament, you'll read about a man by the name of Saul, king of Israel, who was troubled by an evil spirit from the Lord. That's a hard one to understand that God would allow an evil spirit, but it was simply a troubling spirit. It was sent by God to try to wake Saul up and get him out of his carnality. And so here's what would happen when the spirit would come on him, when that dark mood would come on him. You know what he would do? He would call for the minstrel. The minstrel was David. David would come in with his violin or his whatever harp or whatever he had, and he would start playing. He would play those beautiful psalms that he wrote, and the songs would begin to rise up in that room. And the Bible said as he played, his spirit was calmed. That's what worship should do. It should bring a healing. It should bring a balm, but it should be for a purpose. The reason that God allowed David to be used was not just so he could give Saul a reprieve for a moment, but so that Saul could see how somehow in his life he needed to make some changes. The sad thing is Saul never got what God was trying to do in his life. And all of that was wasted. Church, listen to me. I'm not, I I hope you don't misunderstand me. We have to make sure that when that minstrel begins to play, when that worship begins to rise, that it's able to accomplish the purpose for which God has allowed it to come and that it is used to bring us into a better place and others 
into a better place. It's important for us to find the direction of God when He is moving and know that they are coming. 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 Amen. I'm going to close with this. It is important for you and I to understand that the people coming into our midst are damaged people. Damaged people. Beaten up. Beaten down by religion, by the devil, by bad choices, by evil, by just perverse living. They are damaged goods. When they come to pray, it is important for us to understand that every time we hit a resistance, we are not dealing with demonic spirits. We are dealing with spirits of oppression. We are are dealing with spirits of suppression. And there are a few times, and listen to me, there are very few times in my ministry that I have had to deal with demonic possession. But I cannot tell you the thousands of times that when people came, they were so oppressed. If you're not careful, you interpret that as a demon and you start trying to cast something out that you cannot cast out. We have to be sensitive enough to know and understand what are we dealing with here? Is this a suppressed spirit? Is this an oppressed spirit? Or are we dealing with something deeper than that? And I'm going to tell you that most of the time what we're going to deal with are people that are so broken and messed up that when they come to our altar they're going to be beaten down so low that we're going to have to know how to help lift them up and put them in a higher plane with our praise and our worship and our prayer and help minister to them and allow the healing of God to flow into their life man stand with me if you will remember years ago a young man that came into life tabernacle a revival that came years ago It was part of the Dobie revival of young people. Brother Jimmy Odo was a product of that revival. I think in one summer's time, there were like 74, 75 students of Dobie High School that received the Holy Ghost. But there was one young man that came in. If you were to have seen him when he came in, he looked like he was a crazy man. He looked like a lunatic. He acted like one. And when you first saw him, you would think he's, he's, got, he's got a spirit. He was dealing with a spirit, but it wasn't a demonic spirit. It was just a spirit of oppression. He had given himself to drugs and different things, and his mind was so burnt out that it was amazing the night the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost. I was gone for a long time. I came back. And I noticed him sitting up on the left. And he was a little different. He seemed more sane, but he still wasn't all the way there. But he stayed there. He stayed around an altar. People kept praying with him, working with him. The next time I came home, he was there, but he was in a better state of mind than he was the time before. And I watched God over a process of about a year or two, healed that man's mind. 
and call him into ministry. You know why that happened? Because there was a church that was sensitive to the type of seed and fruit they were dealing with. They were sensitive to what they were working with. And they didn't take a hammer or a rod and start trying to beat it out of him. But they very gently nurtured, thrashed. Now there were some others that came in that just needed it beat out of them. (laughs) It didn't go go any other way. I'm not sure. I, I would I better be careful here. They may be watching online. Amen. That's what kind of church we have to be. And I believe we are. I'm not preaching this to get on to you. I'm preaching this to help you understand the works of the Holy Ghost. And when the Spirit of God begins to move as it is moving in our midst right now, for us to genuinely capitalize on all that God is doing, we have to be sensitive. We have to ask God, Lord, help me to be able to flow in the vein in which you're moving tonight. Help me to understand what you're trying to accomplish so that I can be the most effective as a tool. We sang about it. Let me be a living witness. Let me be a living witness. Let me be a tool in your hand, oh God. Amen. Is there anybody here tonight that's interested in being a tool in his hands? Praise God. Would you just reach out to the Lord right now? Amen. Come on. I I feel like we need to close it out here at the altar. If you're not afraid to come, I want you to come. Let's gather close around the altar right now. This, This is important for us as a church right now. Holy Ghost, come into this place. Spirit of the living God, breathe into our spirit. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. Give us understanding. Help us to know how to follow, how to be sensitive to what you are doing and how you are moving right now. And let me be an instrument, Lord. Let me be an instrument, Lord, that you can use. Hallelujah. 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 I want to be a willing vessel. I just want you to use me, God. Any way you choose, any way you desire, Lord, any way, any way, any way.